We're so glad everybody joined us for this Feel Good Friday. Um, it's February 18th, and today we're going to talk about loving yourself despite the uncertainties. And we all know with NA4HYDP that we come into a lot of uncertainties, especially right now. Uh, so the team members that we have with us, uh, my name is Heather Danny, and I'm a County Extension Director and 4-H agent down in Florida. Any of our other team members want to introduce yourselves really quick? Sure. I am Nikki Crossan, and I am the 4-H agent for the University of Florida here in Walton County, and uh, it's a pleasure to be here uh, today. I'm Liz Taylor. I'm uh, also a County Extension Director and 4-H educator in the state of Oklahoma in Grady County. All right. Our other team members, we've got some other folks here that may not necessarily want to introduce themselves, but we've also got some participants in the crowd. So I guess we'll kind of kick things on off. Um, and our team got together and did some discussion about trying to love ourselves. And one of the things that we talked about was changes in job requirements. So what have you guys seen that are actual changes as a result of the last year and a half, almost two years now, what have you seen as job changes that's been something that you really struggle with? Who wants to give a response to that? Liz, tell us about the substitute teacher option. Yeah, and in the state of Oklahoma, any state employee, which we are, um, can substitute inside a classroom uh, without having to take uh, leave. They can't be paid for it. They're going to be paid as if they were in their regular office doing their regular job, but you would be inside a classroom substituting for a teacher that isn't there for one reason or another. COVID has hit us rather hard and, and trying to keep our kids in the classroom is really hard if your teachers all have COVID. So it's a struggle. And since we do school, you know, since I personally do a lot of school enrichment and other educators around the state do too, they're calling on us to come in and, and substitute. And it's, it's a stretch trying to figure out how to balance what my real job is to balancing what needs to happen. I know that's definitely something that I've come into. I've lost some staff members here recently and having a change around how we do things. I'm getting ready for one of our major public speaking programs here in my county. And I have one staff member now that is in charge of all the office duties, um, except for reception when our receptionist is present because she's only part-time. So I'm having to, for the first time in probably three or four years, print all the materials, prepare all the boxes, everything for this contest when in the past I've had a program assistant and so I thank goodness have a checklist but if I didn't have that I'd be worried to death about not having it together and just looking like a crazy person in front of these folks from our county. Anybody Absolutely. else? Go ahead Nikki. Well, I was just thinking about all the extras you have to think about um, that, you know, we've never had to think about before. 
um, just, you know, um, if you're going to serve uh, snacks or, you know, if you have a long day and they're younger children, um, you know, you have to incorporate snacks into the day, um, you know, and then you have to think about, well, you know, what kind of snacks and their individual snacks and, you know, and then your spacing and then, you know, so, you know, you have to add so many extra thoughts and preparations into your day just to have one event. So, um, you know, you're adding so many extra um, thoughts and preps and responsibilities into the day. And, you know, if you drop the ball on one thing, um, you know, the whole event can unravel. Um, so, you know, that's added pressure um, that we, we just, we've just automatically assumed and we haven't thought about. But, you know, that's a lot of stress that we've, we've just grabbed and, and taken and, and hadn't even thought about. And that can be a lot on your shoulders that we just haven't, we haven't really stopped and just breathed and thought, wow, we just automatically assume it because that's what we do in extension. We just grab it and go. Um, but, and Wanda's shaking her head, but if you just stop and breathe for a second, you think about all of the responsibility we assume, that's a lot and it can be overwhelming. Absolutely, I agree with that. Lena, did you have something to add to that? I think the other thing is we've all have had a chance to do our job differently. And so now it's trying to figure out what from things we have had to like adjust on the fly, taking some of the good from those and applying it to how we can do things differently and whether or not there are some programs that maybe we need to relook at and whether or not are they meeting the purpose? Are they meeting the intent of what we want to do uh, with our youth development programming? And so that's, you know, you have that. And then also the toll on our personal and, you know, individual and family lives and what our priorities have altered. And so I think that's just trying to find that balance. And I know in Kentucky, we've had over, 30 new just 4-H agents I mean hired in the last so it's just trying to you know finding that balance of okay this is how we've been doing some things but we had to change them and what's the good and what's the you know can be done different and then also at the same time working with new agents that are ranging from that Gen Z to to be quite honest third or fourth career individuals and so it, it's, it's kind of, a, it's an interesting time. That is for sure. I could agree with that completely. And one of the points our working group made whenever we kind of all got together was we don't actually hold anybody's life in our hands. So if it doesn't happen, it is completely okay. And if you have to cancel a program, it, it'll be all right. It's not the end of the world. You may have families mad, but it's kind of like my speaking contest happened on Thursday. And that's, of course, you know, whenever you have an event coming up, that's the only thing that's on your mind. I know Nikki's got one tomorrow. That's the only thing that's on her mind right now, too, is her program coming up. And it's just, it's worrying about what if there's a huge outbreak in my community that happens tomorrow? What if they're, the numbers just shoot up? What do I do? And I guess that's when I say, we tried, we'll do what we do. And you know, I'll move it to virtual. I already had experience doing it. So pull those tools out of the bag and start re-implementing them. Don't recreate the wheel, I guess you could say. Is, um, is, you know, 
Go ahead. Go ahead, Wanda. Is anybody else like having to create like what you do in person also virtual? Because I know like with our fifth grade club meetings, we have some that we're doing in person and then we have others that we're doing virtual and it's basically the same program, but you've got to make sure that they're engaging for both audiences and with our um, county public speaking contest, we're offering the opportunity for kids to upload a video where we're going to some schools in person to judge. So that's a, that's a big thing. Oh, absolutely. I agree. And Lena actually said, most definitely living in that hybrid land of in-person and virtual programming, or at least making sure it's offered. And that's, you know, Wanda, we, last month, we did one virtual, well, actually beginning of this month, and um, we had one class show up. And then I've got in-person where we're offering about 12 different sessions of the same thing so that we can keep the numbers low. But you're looking at, you know, I've got two classes registered for the 12 different offerings of the other thing. So it's almost like the teachers are completely overwhelmed. They, they don't need anything extra at all. <laughs> Maybe we should think the same thing. We don't need anything extra at all. But Wanda, maybe how many times are you doing a Zoom whenever you do them? Um, we offer for fifth grade club meetings about, we have like eight, no, nine, nine schools. And probably seven of those are virtual and two of them are in person. So do you do all seven individually? I personally do not, no. Oh. But, but staff here, including me, do those. Can you record portions of it and then and, play oh, that while you're thing. We do have one school that my coworker records their lesson and sends it to them. Definitely reutilizing and pulling all those things we did from the virtual world and bringing them forward. I know we developed a 4-H Mindfulness and You program and I got a call from a DJJ group. And Nikki, I haven't told you about this, but we got a, I got a call from them and I called them back and I said, look, we really want you to come in, 4-H to come in and teach something for us. I said, oh, okay. And kind of told me their situation of being potential um, lawbreakers, basically, and kids that just had some major struggles and it's residential. And I said, hey, I've got this online virtual thing that we're trying to start implementing in schools. It lasts for five weeks. I can come in and start doing it for your group and come in every week and it's already prepared for me. And the lady was like, oh, absolutely. Come on, please. So I was super excited and it's a smaller group, but I think our, our quality is far more important than our quantity, especially right now. And in Oklahoma, of course, 4-H is not a part of the public school system. So everything we do are nights, weekends, and, you know, and that. And it's only with kids that want to be there or, you know, because we're not part of the school classroom. Um, And I finally gotten to the point that on registration, I ask them if they want a virtual option because, I was doing both live or virtual and, you know, it's really, 
I'm having very few wanting the virtual option. I don't know why. And then I have a whole nother group that they don't, they don't see the reason to mask either. So, and if you say bring a mask, they just won't show up. I didn't ever say you're going to have to wear it. I always just, and I tell all of my older kids, always take a mask with you because if it's required, you know, if, if it makes somebody else feel more comfortable than wear it, but, but, you know, we're almost Oklahoma in many cases are almost moving out of ha having to do virtual because our people just won't do it. I know our schools definitely are very anti and especially in Florida with the political things going on with that. I know I'll offer masks next week at our program, but I highly doubt I'll take more than 10 because I can bet you those 10 will still come back to the office with me. Mm -hmm. And so whenever we're encouraged from our university to do certain things like wear the mask, how do we walk those borders? How do we follow the community and those around us, but also follow our bosses at the university? How do we find that, that medium? Lena, please share something on that. Give us some guidance. I really think that is going to be, it's going to be individually for everybody because everybody's rules are going to be different. All the various expectations are going to be different. Every, I mean, even in some areas, county to county can be different. I mean, we in some ways follow certain things from university, but we also follow the school guidelines at that point in time. And so I think it's just, you know, it's one of those that you just have to ensure that you keep, for us, we're still going to continue to offer a hybrid, you know, we at least say, if you would like to attend in person, we can make that happen. And depending on what the local situation is and everything, then it's, you know, right now our schools have switched to masks optional. And so even though they were required for the last almost month and a half, so it's just going to vary. I think it's going to just be what is the participants comfort zone? What is in, you know, following your university policy, your, you know, your employer's policy and just move forward. I mean, that try not to get caught up in the this or that, or those kinds of things, because that's not what we're there. We're there to, you know, be there for the youth. And so I think it just, we, we make our efforts just like we make all reasonable efforts to ensure equity and access in our programming. It's the same way. We just, you know, you just do it and you go with what you need to do. And um, I see where Elaine put could be easier than someone that is, you know, you're right, because you could have someone dealing with anxiety of being in a group. You could have someone dealing with anxiety of masking. You could have someone that's not sure. And so I think we've all been there. We've all, it's been a long two years road. We're not out of it yet. And so we've all have had those different and at different times, different reactions. And so I think you just do what's in, you know, what's the expectation of the people that write you, you know, sign your check. <laughs> And also just what is in the best interest for the youth. That's my two cents. I think that's great. And that's a good way to lead it. Elaine, what do you have to add to that? I, I was going to say for an extension professional who struggles with anxiety or is a very 
very strong gold because we all know golds are are loyal and you know they have the attention to detail and you know they map out a plan and for so for somebody who has that propensity for that kind of personality having this we could cancel at any minute is going to produce even more anxiety when things don't go their way or or go the not and I don't mean that as a you know if they don't get their way but if things don't go according to plan that creates anxiety. So for us as um, extension professionals, we really got to build up that blue of, of um, you know, focusing on the people, what's good for the kids um, and kind of be okay with letting go of that strong structure and, and know that it's the name of the game now is flexibility. It's not about getting things done. It's about the human part of what we do. Um, and, you know, and, and that's easier said than done too, because, you know, I can get like that where I, I set up my, my entire schedule. And when one thing falls apart, the domino effect happens and it's not pleasant to be in that mindset. And if you have any kind of, um, residual kind of doubts of like, you know, am I good enough? Am I, am I doing, am I doing well? You know, am I competent? This is just going to prey right on that feeling of I should be doing more. And, you know, that's hard. And I suggest if that's where somebody from this, you know, on, on this call has that niggling thing in, in the back of their mind, I suggest talking to colleagues, talking to friends, and, you know, just letting it out there, like I'm, I'm having a hard time, I'm struggling with this and I don't wanna let things go and it's not fair. And just vent because you'll never make it through the rest of the, you know, the rest of the pandemic because now it's the time, like earlier it was like, we're not doing anything. And it, and it kind of took the decision-making right out of our hands. But now as things are starting to open up, we're back to that should we, shouldn't we. And that's the kind of thing that is more difficult. I think I'd rather have a very iron saying no or a very open iron hand saying, yes, you can. It's, it's this, you know, am I going to look flaky? Am I going to look too reckless? Do I look like I don't care about the kids if, you know, we're going to meet in person? You know, it, it, this is the uh, critical time for people to, um, you know, make those decisions and, and to find that confidence in ourselves and be okay with the crazy flaky people that we really are. It is okay. <laughs> or that we can be, let me put it that way. I know. I agree. I'm a little crazy. Well, I also, I, mean, I also think that we have to remember and um, emphasize never should yourself. And we've talked about that so many times before, and we forget that statement. So we need to remind each other don't should yourself never say I should have done this or I should do the, that or I you know never should yourself especially in this profession because we get trapped in that and, and we'll constantly tell ourselves well I should or I should not have and and we'll get trapped in that so we have to remind ourselves and each other don't do that uh, never should yourself and um, I caught myself um, with this a big event that I have coming up it's actually on Monday and it in um, remember I transferred to, um, my new County and I've only been in this County for six months and the agent before me happened to be one of my best friends. And she had been doing this big event for years. 
And um, before COVID, she had, um, you know, 150 kids would participate in this event. Now with COVID, this event has not happened in um, two years, almost three. And so this will be the first time since COVID that we've had this event. And so when we open registration, I'm thinking, oh, we're going to have, you know, we'll have 100 kids at least. Well, we're having 40, 50 kids. That's it. So I was like, oh, well, I didn't do a good enough job. And uh, I'm so disappointed in myself. And I was beating myself up. And then I thought, wait a minute, this is the first event we've had since COVID. I should be proud of myself that we're having it. Um, so I had to turn my thinking around and remind myself, I should be proud that we brought this back because we're having all of our community partners and we're getting you know, so many people back together for this event. Why am I beating myself up? Why shouldn't I be saying how proud we are that we're bringing this back after two years and at least we have you know, this many kids? So it's changing your thinking and that's so hard to do. So we have to remind ourselves um, not I should have or I should not have. It's you know, celebrating the small steps, getting away from the COVID and the pandemic and just celebrating the small victories. And it's hard to do, but we have to remind ourselves to lift ourselves up with the, the small celebration. So I agree with you, Elaine. Yep. And that's just one more thing we have to bear as extension professionals. <laughs> you know, it, it, like, like our job wasn't hard enough. Now we've got to add, you know, the pandemic and guilt and, you know, and, and I think everybody that I've come across and talked to has been so extremely supportive. So my advice, if anybody's really still struggling with this, especially, like I said, the, the tail end of it, where, you know, some are, some aren't, should we, shouldn't we, um, is to reach out. And, and even if you just vent, my poor husband listens to everything and he <laughs> word of what's going on. And Lena, Lena's got that advantage because, you know, Tori is in the in the thick of it, and he does understand for um, each. But just having somebody that you can like go off on, and you know, like I don't know what to do, and um, it that it's hard. That's the struggle is real. You're so right. Sometimes there's an advantage, and sometimes there's a disadvantage because then he wants to fix it. <laughs> yeah, and he knows how to fix it, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but now I. Just when what Nikki brought up, thank you. Because I'll be honest, there I was there. There was a struggle about a month ago for me, and some of you that follow me on, you know, that know me on Facebook and everything. I just I put it out there a week or two ago, just asking my past 4Hers families, you know, if Mar if we made a difference, please tell me where. And everything and just the feedback I got, um, you know, when you get notes from your the families that talk about just, you know, the fact that they got to do something as a family and shooting sports and the and, you know, and it was a mix of just different things. It wasn't just all Lena. It was our program as a whole. And that's what was just amazing. And. Uh, you know, having one saying because that had never been in 4-H until she went as a sophomore as a camp counselor is the reason why she decided to be an elementary school teacher. And, you know, and those kinds of things we don't get to always hear. And so I encourage those of you, especially for those of us who've been around for a little while, it doesn't hurt. 
every now and then, you know, and I just put out there that it's good for our soul. And it's just sometimes we have to ask the question. And Elaine, I totally agree. If it wasn't the ability to have some close colleagues that because those in extension know what extension is like. Those outside of extension, even when I left extension for two or three years and Tori, I'd come, you know, be like, da, 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 and he had no idea what I was talking about. He could come home and say, da, 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 and I knew exactly what he was talking about. But it just, we, the ability to be able to talk to our own people, I guess you could say, goes mm-hmm. so far. And I, that's the reason I enjoy getting to spend time and connect with the members of this group. And so I just want to say thank you for, because you all have been a good venting and breath of fresh air and reminder because I've always take away something that Elaine or Nikki especially have said that I'm like, oh yeah, I gotta get back on track and do that. And you know, co- I was gonna say having those colleagues to vent too and especially we have to brag on our group always, but especially this group has always been a tremendous just help um, in finding that set of colleagues, somebody that you can have a running text with and, and have those conversations because we don't always have those close friends in, in extension. And I know a lot, whenever they first get started, they, they stay in their office. They don't venture outside. They, they rely on their boss or their secretary or whoever else is directly there in their office. As a director, whenever somebody new comes into my office, the first thing I tell them is you need to go visit the other counties. Go see how every single one of them do it. And my FCS agent actually did, she took it and she went with it. I think she visited just about every county in our district and she sat down and watched them do a program. So now she can call and say, hey, you're doing this or what do you have? And she's got all of those people that she can chat with automatically. And that's just, it's huge for us. We can't survive without it because like these ladies have said, our spouses, our friends. I know I have friends in, in the town that I live in that have no stinking idea what I do. <laughs> I sit there and talk about, oh, well, I had to do this, this, and this. And they're like, you did what? And me being a director dealing with the county government and all of that stuff. And they're like, huh? And so <laughs> it's, it's one of those things that having you guys, you understand. And having our colleagues, you know. You know, that reminded me of a a cute story. My my mom, uh, very traditional woman, she passed away in 2008. But when she was in the hospital with cancer, she wanted to introduce me to the nurses that work with her. And she would say, this is my daughter. I'm very proud of her. She works for Rutgers. I don't know what she does but I am very proud of her. <laughs> I'm like, mom told you 20 times what I do, but you know, she just, she couldn't remember. I, I don't know what she does, but I'm just so proud of her. So I don't know what you all do, but I'm so proud of you. <laughs> so, and, and then the other thing I want to say, we, Michelle and I work together in the same County and we have, um, a very strong kind of conservative thing. Like they were over this pandemic two weeks after it started two years ago. Like, and the idea that Rutgers had us telecommuting uh, and didn't want us in the office to them, it was like, you're not working. You know, you got to get back to work. You got to get back to work. 
And they, no matter how many times you told them that you were working till 10, 11 o'clock at night because the computer's right there. I prefer to work in the office because I have set hours. And then when I go home, you know, it cuts it right there. But if you're at home and you're working, oh, I could just pop off this email. The computer's right there. Or if you're, you know, on your computer because you're on Facebook or something and an email pops up, you think I'll respond to that right now. So it's harder to set limits when you're working from home. But according to them, we need to get back to work and we're not working unless we're sitting in our office. And that makes it very challenging for all of us because I even got a letter to the governor, an anonymous letter to the governor complaining about me that I was not in the office. And I don't like, and that I had done the pandemic in Texas because I'm from New Jersey in case you remember, but um, yeah. And I got a call from the county administrator going, I just got this anonymous letter to the governor that I was CC'd on. Can we talk about it? And uh, I was on a staff meeting at the time and I put it on speaker and afterwards we were like, oh my God. But as much as that's ridiculous, that sticks with you. Like, I'm not good enough. I got to do more. I got to do, even though I know it's utterly ridiculous, you know, it, it's there. So, so having that challenge of having challenging people in your county makes it that much worse. So, but yeah, anonymous letter. I, I had a good laugh about it. And, you know, but like I said, it sticks with you. So I understand, yeah, I Elaine. I, I had taken two days off this week. Um, I was at the hospital having some tests done. And um, of course, I was answering email uh, at the hospital while I was having tests done. And, um, you know, you have your phone on, on silent. Um, but here I am on my phone answering emails while I'm having blood drawn. <laughs> <laughs> And the person that was with me was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, well, I'm working and I'm answering emails. And she's like, aren't you off? And I'm like, listen, an extension agent is never off. It doesn't matter that you put in your PTO and your vacation time or your sick time. You are never off. A 4-H agent, especially, never gets the day off. And she goes, you're at the hospital having tests done. And I'm like, so? And she's like, you're so you're, you're sick. And I'm like, listen, unless they are on the operating table and I am out, which I would probably still be answering email at some point, I'm never off. And she was <laughs> like, what kind of job do you have? And I'm like, I'm a 4-H agent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and let me tell you something that I, we had a CED meeting, a county extension director meeting at the very beginning of the year, and our district extension director, he said, okay, so what are your New Year's resolutions? We went around, and all these people were giving these grand big things they were adding into their office and things they were going to do, and my response was, well, every six weeks, I'm going to take a week off, and some of them that had been around the system and have a certain way of doing things were like, really? Seriously? <laughs> And I said, well, UF is not, because typically we could only maintain a certain balance of, of leave hours, and then it goes over into our sick leave. And this year, they're not doing that to us. And I never take leave because I'm a 4-H agent and a director. And so this year, I planned, you know, because I'm never going to be able to take all that leave. I'm never, knock on wood, hopefully won't ever be sick for the year of sick leave that I have. And so I, um, 
really did. I went down and I've got it on my calendar and it may not be a full week. It may be two days. It may be three or four, but I went all the way through and I counted about every six weeks, that sixth week. So I guess five weeks and then a week, five weeks and then a week. I'm taking days, period. And it is on my calendar. And now I am possible to change it and plan something on it, but it's got to be super important at this point. And with us restructuring our office, because I don't have a program assistant and staff and all that kind of crazy, I am very much sticking by. And you know what? The office is not going to burn down. The only things that are important to me is making sure people get paid. And I guess the office doesn't burn down. (laughs) Yeah. You you know, listening to you guys, it it makes me really appreciate all of you, but it also makes me appreciate my husband because my youngest child, many of you know my oldest daughter, Kathleen Taylor, who's a state 4-H specialist in uh, leadership and civic engagement in Oklahoma, but my youngest daughter just graduated from college and is and now a 4-H educator in a neighboring county, and she's still trying to find a place to live. So she is living at home. So my husband has two of us that we sit here and da, 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 da. and then if you get Kathleen on the phone, there's three of us do, 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 all doing this. He needs so, an award. He, needs, he, he does. Needs to put him in for an award, a husband award. A husband, a best, the best husband award. Yeah, because. Yeah, he puts up with a lot. In fact, on Valentine's Day, he said, can we have dinner and not say anything about our work? And I said, yes, we can. Challenge accepted. I said, but you can't say anything about your work either. Yeah. yeah. Were you all able to talk at all? (laughs) Yeah, we did. And it it was a little bit hard because he he actually has two jobs. He worked for... um, Summit Utility, who, who provides natural gas in Oklahoma, uh, and he also is a uh, Methodist pastor. So we did talk about church, but not about the stuff he does at church. So there you go. That's allowed. Yeah, that's why, you know, because if it's not that, we would have to be talking about OSU basketball, and that's it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the only thing we do together anymore. I was going to say, Liz, I noted in the chat, my, my mom would totally relate to how your husband feels because my dad was 4-H and then his last couple of years, he was actually FCS and, but he's still a 4-H agent at heart. And then of course I'm 4-H, even though never thought I would be. And then I married a 4-H agent in who of course now is a specialist, but yeah. Your, your husband and my mom definitely need yeah. the surviving multi multi generation extension and, life. <laughs> and my son, who is a youth pastor, says, you know, if an extension, if a 4 H position in a county, you know, near me comes open, I'm going to apply. Because he wow. he he loved his time in 4 H and but just as and then then went into youth ministry, but. You know, and that makes me wonder, and this is kind of on that same track, but how many of the other programmatic areas have the relationships that we have and the things that we get out of our jobs? I I know we are the ones that everybody works hard in extension. I'm not saying that, mm-hmm. but we're the ones that do tons of nights and weekends compared with the others typically. Now they still right. can, 
but do they have the same relationships? Do they get the same fuzzy feelings like we do? <laughs> I mean, I'm the one boohooing at camp on the fourth night. <laughs> so, you know, they don't necessarily do that. So mm. it's just interesting to think about it that way. I think they do. I think it's just, it's different because oh. I know for a lot of the FCS agents in Kentucky that they have, a lot of them have a close relationship to the, the homemakers and those leaders, but they also have their school programs like with the preschools and, and everything. And so that, that development and that relationship. So I think a I think they still do. It's just, it's different. And you're right. They're, they're not necessarily the nights and weekends. And we actually had several of our 4-H agents to transfer in this last big realm of when some positions opened, we had several to go from 4-H to FCS and, or to ag. And it was primarily just, you know, something different and to, and a lot of it had to do with less nights and weekends and those kinds of things. So I think they do. I think it's just different. I know I hopefully, well, she'll never listen to this. So it'll be okay. Um, I've been just mesmerized at times watching and listening to our ag agent right now and everything that she's doing for the farmers that were um, hit by the tornadoes and just the you know, that connection. And those of you that, you know, are used to hurricanes and stuff, I mean, this is just, this isn't what has happened in our realm. And so just that sitting down and just trying to do whatever she can and just having that, you know, talking to them. And one of them, one of the gentlemen that was in even yesterday just kind of said, you know, she's like, I'll try to do what I can for you. And he just said, even if there's just someone with a dry shoulder, you know, it just, because mm-hmm. it, you know, and so I think there's those connections. They're just, they're different, but no, you're not going to necessarily find probably them crying on the fourth night of camp. So I might be going, yes, on the fourth night of camp, but you know um, so, but I mean, I, I think it's just, it's going to be for each person's going to have their, their story and their connection, but we're, we're pretty special though. We're unique. So since we're trying to move everything in a positive light and we're getting close to the end of our time, when you're looking back on this time, I want y'all to think about one positive thing that you will say, like in 20 years, when you've retired, hopefully, what are you going to tell those around you? I just think about mine. It's going to take me at least 20 years probably for me to retire, Lena. So I know one of the things that I know I would say is that pandemic kind of made me, I was already into technology just a smidgen, but it made me much quicker at taking on new technology and jumping in and and searching out new technology. Anybody else? It kind of made me realize that I was, that I could. It, it gave me that we can make it through this. Oh my goodness. So that's what happens when you do this, but you can make it through um, a pandemic. You can make it through a pandemic. You can learn to do, do the things if you 
are determined to get it done. And then the second thing I would tell people is this is the time that we learn to wash our hands. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> Very true. Our, our county learned that we didn't have to do things the way we've always done things at fair. Like we, it used to be, it used to be a three-day fair, then it went up to a four-day, then a five-day. Now we're currently up to an eight-day fair. Um, but what has never changed is you have to be in place by day one and you stay till the end of fair. And we've been doing eight days now for maybe 12 years. And we've never adjusted how we do the shows. And this past year, we allowed people to try in. And I have to tell you, the grumpiness, the crankiness, the on edge anxiety um, was just not there because people were coming and going, doing their thing. Um, and it didn't mean that they weren't dedicated and it didn't mean that they didn't work with their animal all year. It just meant that you didn't have to like stay at the fair for eight whole days because other than an extension agent, who else can do that? You know, like if you if you get two weeks vacation, you want to spend a week and a half of it at a fair and then never go away anywhere. So um, that had us relook at everything. And it's been a very positive experience so far. And now, now everything is so shook up that, you know, we're making these positive changes and nobody's going, but that's not how we've always done it. So we're, we kind of broke that, that shackle. So for that, I'm delighted. I think for me, um, I, I learned that no, no matter how rigid, rigid or structured you think you are, um, you can learn to be flexible, um, which is very important for those of us that have some gold in this, um, that you know have to have the, the structure and the, the policies and the outlines that you can be flexible and you can still make it happen. And that uh, one of my uh, sayings that I like to tell, especially my new kids that sign up for 4-H, um, where they don't really understand what 4-H is, but they're excited. Um, I always tell them um, pretty much, if you can dream it, we'll try to do it. Um, that that 4-H is, 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 can be limitless. Um, and so 4-H is just this open world of excitement. And so I like to tell them, if you can dream it, we'll try to do it. It's just too easy to say no. And so in a world of a pandemic, um, why say no? Um, try to make it happen because you can make such a difference in a kid's, in a kid's life if you, if you try. It's just, it's just too easy and too lazy to say no. So as educators, we should try to make it happen. And I think that for extension agents, 4-H agents, I think for the most part um, across the country, we've done our very best and we've tried really hard through the pandemic and we've done a great job. Anybody else have something they'd like to share? Really think that it has, was the greatest time of, I guess, personal, professional growth for me because there was so much change and so many different things I had to learn to do. Um, I met you guys during that time. So um, it really was a time of great professional development and growth. Thank you, Wanda. And Kim put in the chat, like a Nike commercial, just do it. <laughs> so last thing, um, I know we were talking about I am enough earlier. 
And I know you all have seen those, those listings that have all the different I am's listed out. So I want to take a minute and let's do an affirmation. Just a thought, a good way for us to finish things up. So I'm going to say a statement. And if you want to close your eyes, feel free to close your eyes, but say it in your head back to yourself, because if we unmute, then it's going to do a bunch of echo. But say it out loud if you have yourself muted or close your eyes if you want and say it in your head, however you want to do it. But we're going to do this, okay? So I am brave. I am kind. I am helpful. I am strong. I am smart. I am loved. I am a fantastic extension agent. And I am enough. Thank y'all. Y'all have done fantastic today, and I appreciate all of you joining the Creating a Healthier You working group. So we look forward to seeing you again in April, and I believe we'll be doing a little bit more mindfulness type stuff, but it'll go in a, anybody remember the exact description yet? Nikki, do you remember? Uh, let me pull it up on my calendar. I do believe I have it. But we have some really good things coming up, and matter of fact, at 3 p.m. Eastern, the working group is that's in charge of that is getting together to plan it. So there'll be good stuff coming your way. So thank y'all for joining us. Yes, thank you all.